Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video or online at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. Good morning, Fellowship Church! How are we doing this morning? How many of you know God inhabits the praises of his people? Amen. So I just want you to lift your hands, lift your voice, and worship God this morning. Come on, give him praise. Give him praise. Hey, yes. Come on, put your hands together.
Church. I believe that our God deserves a greater praise than that. So let's give him a shout of praise. Let's welcome him into this place. Thank you, Jesus. He deserves praise for a couple reasons today. Number one, because he's God and he's good. Number two, because District 51 starts back tomorrow. Thank you, God. All the parents in the house say, amen. 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 We, we recognize that there is a lot of challenges that this generation faces and that the faculty faces, that the teachers face um, right now with all the climate of what's going on in our culture. So we always want to take um, the last Sunday before District 51 goes back into session and we want to pray over our teenagers. We want to pray over the teachers. They need it. We want to pray over the faculty. They need it. They need wisdom. They need um, the ability to be able to shine his light in a place of darkness where they're being told to snuff out the light. So we want to pray for them as a church today. So um, if you are a student, put your hand in the air. Yes. Okay. If you are... If you are a teacher or faculty member, or if you're in leadership in uh, a school or school district 51 at all, put your hand in the air, please. We, man, we honor you. We honor you. We're so glad that you're here today. I'm not going to twist your arm or anything. You don't have to do this, but I want to invite every student, every teacher, every faculty member to come down forward because we are going to pray over you right now. And um, we're going to have the whole church extend their hands out over you um, just as a sign of God's covering over you as we pray for you today. Uh, But we want to take this opportunity to pray for you. The Bible, uh, in the the Bible, in the book of Matthew, Jesus talks about the fact that... um, no one lights a light and, and covers it up. And when you started a relationship with God, well, I said that backwards, see. When God called you and started a relationship with you, he lit a light in you. And that light, it's, it's attractive and it's also repulsive. It's repulsive to the dark. And so what the world tends to, to do is is we can get to a place where it's like, oh, I gotta snuff this out, I gotta hide it. I can't, I can't, I can't make you feel like I'm not being tolerant right now of, of your beliefs and your activities by showing the light of God. But here's the thing, light is not helpful if it's not being light. That's why God put his light in you. When you take light into the darkness, people are attracted to it. I need that light. I need to be able to see. I need to move forward. And so for every one of you, I wanna just instill in you as teachers and as students, don't let the light that God has put in your heart be snuffed out by anything. And here's the difficulty where I'm going to pray for God's strength and for him to give you a backbone to be able to stand as his child is the the enemy hates it. The enemy hates that you could be a light and you could snuff out the darkness, that that God could use you that way. So he'll, he'll continue to send people to tell you, you can't act like that. Man, what, are you non, uh, uh, non are intolerant? Are you, you don't like me because of this or that? No, 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 no. We love everybody. 
We love everybody, but we stand up for what's right. And, and here's the thing, you might not see it now, you might see it in the future, but sometime, at some point, people are gonna come around in their life where they're gonna realize, I'm in so much darkness, I'm blind, I can't see, I need the light. And they might come back around and go, what is so different about you? What is different about you? And what's different is that you have a personal relationship with God, that, that you have a connection to the light. So I want to bless you with boldness. I want to bless you with strength and backbone today. In Jesus' name, I'm going to ask our whole church, extend your hands out over our, our, our teachers, our faculty members, our students right now, that they would be protected, that they would be covered, and that God would would raise up that warrior spirit. The children of God are like roaring lions. We stand up for what is right. We don't get scared. We continue to move forward in the midst of fear. We continue to move forward. So Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that each and every person here we recognize is chosen by you. We didn't didn't choose you. The Bible says that, that, that this is love, that that he chose us. So God, we recognize that it's not like we just came around and we're like, oh, I think I'm gonna try Jesus. No, you drew us to you and you chose us and you put a light in us and you're giving us hope and you're using us in the world in a dark place. So God, I pray right now that, that this, this chameleon attitude of just fitting in in any crowd so that we don't stir up the pot, that would, that would be broken off this generation, broken off these teachers and that God, instead we would stand out different because you made us different. You're, you're using us for a special uh, a gifting, a special anointing, a special purpose. So we can't look like everything else. We have to look like you. So I pray that over these, these kids, pray it over the teachers, that God, we would look like you, that the schools would be protected, that each of these students would be protected, protected physically, protected spiritually, protected emotionally, that God, any attack that comes against them would fail and that God, your light would just begin to expand further and further and further into our, our, our teenagers' lives, into our, our students' lives. And it's, it's only because of your love for us. So we thank you, we praise you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Let's give them one more shout of praise. So we're going to continue worshiping, but I want to encourage you as you go back to school to uh, keep leaning into Jesus and keep letting him use you to affect for change, that, that, that you're there as an agent of change. If you're in the room, the room should be different because you belong to him. So uh, we're, we just want to bless you today. We're going to continue worshiping him. You're, you're, you're totally welcome. We'd love it if you stayed out front here and worship with us. If you want to go back to your seat, you're welcome to do that as well. But we love you. We honor you. And we thank you so much uh, for being here today.
I'm so thankful that our God is mighty to be praised. He's mighty to save. And you know, one of my favorite verses in Psalms 145, um, verse three, and it says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And I love that verse because it shows there's a direct correlation between uh, my revelation of how great God is and my action of how great my praise is. Because what this is saying is great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. So that means if I serve an okay God, then he's gonna get an okay praise. If I serve a good God, then he's gonna get a good praise. But is there anyone in here that recognizes that our God is great and deserves only a great praise? A great praise. He deserves the best of the best. And and I'm so thankful that he loves us. So Heavenly Father, we praise you today in Jesus' name. We pray that you would be with us as you already have been, that you would speak to us and meet with us now, God. And it's in Jesus' name we praise your name. Amen. Let's give him one more shout of praise. Let's do two things on the way back to your seat. Why don't you shake hands with a couple people, tell them they're looking good and stuff, but praise our God as well and tell them, I serve a great God. I serve a great God. Speak that out. Get your heart in a posture and a place where you can receive from God today. I wanna welcome all of you that are watching with us online or listening to this at a later time. We thank you so much that you chose to uh, worship with us this morning and be part of our extended family. Uh, We know there are people that watch from states all around, all over the place. There are people that are watching with us and some people driving to work early in the morning that are uh, catching these services uh, later on uh, iTunes and and, uh, the different ways that you can uh, stream these services. We wanna thank you so much for that. If you are visiting with us online, type it into the chat that you're a guest and one of our staff will get in contact with you or you can just type the word fellowship to 94000. That's the word fellowship to 94000 and we can get uh, some more information to you. We'd love to talk to you, get to know you. Uh, I also want to um, just welcome any of you that might consider yourself a guest or a visitor here at Fellowship Church today. We would love to talk to you. We'd love to meet with you. Sometimes we do guest receptions where it's kind of like a meet and greet. We serve you donuts, fatten you up some, and then hang out with you. And um, we uh, would love that opportunity, but you got to tell us that you're visiting with us. It's so funny because I will meet with people in guest receptions. I'll be like, how long have you been coming? They're like, three years. I'm like, and this is the first time you decided to tell someone that you're here and um, that you're visiting with us. Well, we just want to give you some free coffee. We're not going to spam you, anything like that. We just want to help you see the different opportunities and ways that you can get connected here. So stop by our information booth before you leave today and talk with us. We'll get you some more information. If you are an introvert and you don't want to talk to anyone today, we get it. I understand um, uh, you can also text the word fellowship to 94,000 and um, we can get you more information that way. Now, this is the time where we're going to continue worshiping God with giving him our tithes and offerings. Uh, we don't pass the buckets here at Fellowship Church anymore. There are many different ways you can give. You can give online. You can text to give. You can set up the Church Center app, which is the very easiest way um, to do all of this. Not only can you give through the Church Center app, you can sign up for classes, you can register your kids for camp and stuff like that. Uh, Very, very cool app. Uh, You can also follow along. We uh, normally have highlights of our sermon notes uh, that are taking place so you can follow along during our services on the Church Center app as well. Uh, If you brought an offering with you today, you can drop them off in the offering drop boxes. But uh, God asks us to come and to trust him and put him first when it comes to our finances is that we'd bring that first 10% uh, back to him and then anything over and above that that we're feeling led to do. He doesn't want us to give out of guilt or compulsion above that. He, he wants us to simply uh, give what we feel like we're being led to in our heart to give when it comes to the area of offerings. Uh, so I wanna pray for you right now that... Um, that God would help you when it comes to your trust in him and to generosity. Uh, but what I first recognize is we don't normally come to God. It, well, it's not normally. We don't come to God 
thinking, oh, this is how I'm gonna help God. The way that we come to God is God help me, right? So I recognize right now, there are many of us that have financial needs in this room and, and there's one answer for it. And he created you and he has all the resources that you can't even imagine. He is an endless supply. So if you need help from our God, the endless supplier, just put your hand up in the air. I wanna pray for you right now and uh, let's ask him for help. Heavenly Father, you know our needs. You know how different they are. Some people needing school supplies. Some people needing to pay the electric bill. Some people needing food. Some people needing a job. Whatever it is, God, we recognize that you are the source. You are the one that can provide for us. So God, we bring it to you. We, we trust you with what we have and we pray that you would expand it and make it more. Multiply it, God, that as we give to you, you would just give back more and more and more like you promised that you will in the book of Malachi. So thank you so much for your love. I pray you bless each and every person here. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, guys, we have some very cool things. Uh, I believe you'll hear about this a little bit more, but we have a baptism service taking place right after the service is over. Go over there. Yeah, yeah. Go over there when the service is over and celebrate with people getting baptized. And then um, uh, we want you to know there are many different things that are taking place right now at Fellowship Church. We always want uh, you to stay up to date with what's going on. So uh, check out a little bit more of what we've got going on. We love how Fellowship Church is a multi-generational church. And as the next generation comes up, we love to do a few things. One of those things is a baby dedication. It's coming up on August 29th. And this is just a parent's way of saying, I commit to raising my kids in the ways of the Lord. If this is something that you would like to do for your young one, please sign up on the Church Center app. 4640 Outdoors this summer has been a blast on Wednesday nights with our middle school and our high schoolers joining together. But now as school is starting, we're going to go back to our normal service times. That means on Tuesdays from 6.30 to 8.30, we're going to have our high school only service. And on Wednesdays from 6.30 to 8.30, we're going to have our middle school only services. So let your kids come. It's going to be an amazing fall. We have some incredible things planned for them. Don't miss it. Spiritual Warfare 1.0 is coming up in just two short weeks on Tuesday, August 24th. Please, if you want any information, you can go to the west end of the lobby or check out the Church Center app. Ladies, we'd love to let you know about something that's coming up in October. October 21st through the 23rd is going to be our women's retreat. It is going to be an incredible time for you. Signups are going to begin August 22nd, but we just want to let you guys get that date in your calendar. Once again, thank you so much for joining us here online and live in service here at Fellowship Church. got someone in the back to sing it. That's good. Now that song is going to be stuck in your head forever. The rest of the day, at least. Have you ever sung out the wrong lyrics to a song before? Man, that's the word. I do it all the time. My wife laughs at me constantly. Like it's at home, in the car, here, whatever it is. But this song particularly is, I can never get it word perfect. Like especially the verses. Like I do the first verse, which, you know, like life is like a highway where there's one day here and the next day gone, like that whole thing, which I think I just got it wrong. Life is like a road you travel on. <laughs> I didn't... See, see, we're all human. We're all human. Life's like a road you travel on where there's one day here and the next day gone. And then something, 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 something. And I can never get the rest of the words right. But that, that verse right there, those lyrics have some truth to it where there's one day here and there's the next day gone. And I think Life itself, if life is a highway, it's obviously life's a little bit more complicated because though we come equipped with rear view mirrors, we don't come equipped with a reverse function. Though we wish we had a reverse function at some point, right? Some of us could look at our 20s and go, yeesh, need to go back and make better choices. Or some of us are like, that was fun time. I'm not in a fun time right now. But we don't have that reverse function when it comes to life in general. Now, this morning, what I want to do is I want to share five rules for the road. Like if life is a highway, 
I believe that these five rules can get you where you want to go. Because that's the goal, right? Is to, to wind up somewhere on purpose and not accidentally. And I think for a lot of us, we at least have something in our life, a destination of some kind in life in general. Like I want to get to this point or this stage at some point, or maybe even it's just this season of life right now. Well, how can we get there? I believe these five rules for the road, if life is a highway, can get us there. So I want to jump right into it right now. Rule number one, don't travel alone. Don't travel alone on this highway of life. And I know you've heard it said a lot of times from this pulpit and from all the different pastors here is don't do life alone. We weren't meant to do life alone. And it's true. I believe that God has put every single person here on the planet for a specific mission and a specific purpose. And I believe that we're not supposed to get to those places alone, that we're wired for a connection with God and with other people. Now, for some of you that are introverted, that seems a little risky to invite someone on like this road of life with you because that seems like more than just a surface level relationship or or surface level friendship at some level. And so if there's something in us that that seems a little risky, the truth is it, it is a little risky. But if we look at Jesus's work on the cross, we can see that, man, he said that you're worth it, Right? Like from the cross, he said that you're not just worth it, you're worth everything. You are worth dying for. And the reason he did that was just to open us up into a relationship with him, to give us access to a deep friendship, a deep relationship with Jesus. And if he says from the cross that you're worth knowing, chances are there's other people in your life that know him, that follow him, that he says the same thing about. So if you're worth knowing and the other people are worth knowing, it's worth the risk. It's worth the risk to, to come out and, and, and to try and get people in your life that you can travel this road, get them in your car, travel this road of life with them. See, who we do life with will often determine the direction and the quality of our lives. And you maybe can see that in the seasons of your past where the direction wasn't good and the quality wasn't good and the people in our life weren't that great either. And that's the truth. And so if we don't travel this road of life alone. We need to make sure we're traveling with these people that are going to put us in that place. Now, when we're trying to figure out who we're going to do life with or travel this road of life with, we need to make sure we don't simply gravitate toward acceptance. Now, acceptance can be almost a trap in a lot of different ways because acceptance is one of these things that can lure us in. And for any of you who are parents of teenagers, and when I, was, I did all my years on the youth team, I saw this and I still see it, is that the first people or the first group of people that you gravitate toward, if they accept you, that's often the people you do life with first. And so for students, if you have a student or a kid that's, that's going in, and it's like their first day of school, like my daughter's first day of school is tomorrow. And so as I'm like preparing this, I'm like, Lord, give them people that are good, not just the first people. But like when we get into this spot where the first click of, or group of people that accept them, all of a sudden they're like, here's all of my life because you're the first people to accept me. But if we go to the spot of just like not asking for just the first people to accept us, but who are the right people for us, man, then we're getting set up to travel life with people. And, and something else, not just acceptance can lure into a trap, but also interest can be a trap as well. Because if the only thing that's holding you together in a friendship is just the same interest, that's honestly pretty shallow. So it's, not, it's like, oh, you like chilies, chips, and salsa? I like chilies, chips, and salsa. Here's the deepest portions of my heart. <laughs> right? For some of you, it's like, that sounds like the first date. <laughs> you know, so. But it's not just about interests at all. It, it needs to go deeper than that. See, if we, if we try and surround ourselves with people that share the same values as us, that's where we're going to get where we need to go with the people we need to go with. Because values and what a value is, is something you predetermined most important in life. If you find somebody else that has the same values as you, you will find that person still standing with you at the end of a season, especially a struggle. Now, when I first interviewed at the church here, right now I'm the pastor of life development um, here at Fellowship, but 10 years ago, almost to the week, I was interviewing to be on the youth staff here. And during the interview process, I'm sitting down with Pastor Tim and Pastor JL, and I'm just like on cloud nine, because I'm like, I'm actually going to get a, like a big boy job, and I was like super excited. 
And Pastor Joe was brought into that interview process. He doesn't work directly with him. So Pastor JL and Tim, they wanted to know Joe's opinion of me. And so at the end of my interview process, I'm like sitting out somewhere. They're talking to Joe. And then like, Joe, what do you think about Will? And I'm trying to get this word perfect because this is how I heard it. This is how I heard it. Joe said something to the effect of, well, I think that he would do a good job, but I don't think I could be his friend. That's what Joe said. And I got his permission to tell the story. But that's what he said. And the truth is, we didn't have any of the same interests at that time. But we did have the same values. And now, 10 years later, I would consider him so much, so much more closer than just a friend. He's like a brother to me. He has, he's traveling the road of life with me in the, in the innermost circle of influence within my life because our values were the same. We both wanted God to do something amazing in our lives, to do God to do something amazing in the youth ministry and in the valley here. And we then, man, started doing life together. And now I, he got me into mountain biking and basketball. And we, do, we, we found interests after that. But surround yourself with people with the same values as you, and you will still find those people with you later in life. So our first rule, we want to make sure we're not traveling alone. And as we do that, Proverbs thirteen twenty speaks directly to this. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools, you'll get in trouble. It's a really simple scripture in there. And this is why our Rooted groups do so well. This is why they do so well. Because we're not asking when people are signing up for Rooted. And Rooted is a course that we do. And we have one coming up here in September, September 12th, it's going to start. And it's a place where if you want to learn more about your faith, you want to learn more about God and what his purpose is for you in your life. But you want to do that while you connect with people as well. That's what Rooted does. But we're not asking people that sign up for Rooted, do you like chilies, chips, and salsa? We're not asking that question. We're asking him, do you want to see God do something amazing in your life? And if you have the same values, it's so crazy. See these rooted groups, they've never met each other before. And after six or 10 weeks together, they are life groups. They are people doing life together. They're like, you know what? Though rooted is done, we are going to move on because God is not done with our group yet. And, And they start serving in the community and they start building people up around them. They start changing the world around them because of the value system in their life. It's crazy to see how that works. But no matter who you are, what's in your rearview mirrors, there's a place for you to find those people here at Fellowship Church, to find those people. And we, I mean, we haven't had a young adult ministry in years. And it's honestly hurt my heart because it's something I'm really passionate about. We're launching our young adult ministry this fall. Again, we're relaunching it. It's going to be awesome. We're going to do it on Sunday evenings. going to start September 19th. And what we're going to do is we're going to get together uh, and, and eat a big meal and then maybe play some games and stuff like that. And then we're going to go home. Just kidding. We're not going to just do that. But <laughs> that, though that sounds like a lot of events anyway, but what we're going to do is what they're going to break down and we're going to just do the rooted curriculum because it's a really good starting point. But we're going we're gonna to eat together. We're going to hang out. And then we're going to break down into Bible studies because what, what our values matter most is, is getting closer to God and see what his work in our life is. And that's a place anybody from 19 to 26, 27, doesn't matter if you're in college or if you're just working or if you're in a committed relationship, like there's a place for you. And no matter who you are, if you get on it, like Pastor Dan already said, the Church Center app, that is like the most current place. You can see all of our life groups, all of our men's groups. If you're in a place where you're just like, I can list these people right now that, that I share life with, start a group. If you call me up and you wanna start a group, you'll get all the resources that we have here all the different things, all the, all the support to be able to, to, to lead a life group, to be able to have that life group. So there's a lot of different places, a lot of different avenues. So don't travel, don't travel alone. Don't do life alone. Rule number two, don't pick up strangers. <laughs> Let me define a stranger. A stranger is someone who is strange. <laughs> someone who is stranger than you, Okay. <laughs> So I think we all have a strange factor at some level. Now, for those of you that are like super sanguines, you kind of get around the whole don't talk to strangers rule because the first thing that you do as an extrovert is, hi, what's your name? <laughs> then they're no longer a stranger. And you get around the rule. What I'm talking about, this is kind of the flip side to the first rule of don't travel alone. If you're gonna travel with someone, you need to make sure that they are who you're supposed to be traveling with. Are they a stranger in your life? And how there's a couple different ways to, to kind of determine that. And some self-assessment is really necessary when it comes to this. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't be friendly. I'm saying be friendly to everybody. 
but also be careful of who you allow the innermost influence in your life. Be careful about that. So ask yourself some of these questions about people that are in your inner circle, that you're in your, in your car with you traveling if life is a highway. Then ask yourself about these questions about these people. Are they someone who causes you to be less healthy? Like in all honesty, are they causing you to be less healthy? If you are two years sober and you keep hanging out with the person that just doesn't care about that, and they're, they're pointing you in a direction that's turning a little bit more unhealthy. Another question you might want to ask yourself is, do they dismiss your values? Do they dismiss them? Paul talks about in scripture of being equally yoked with people. And I think that absolutely is still, that, that applies to the dating relationship. Also applies to who we have the most innermost influence within our lives. Because if they know Jesus and their values are the same, then they will not dismiss the values. They won't. Or some people, do they chip away at them? chip away at your values. They take little jabs, little passive aggressive comments. I think you can get this from a lot of different levels around you, but if they start chipping away, they might be a stranger you need to drop off. And maybe not cut out of your life, but at least you won't allow them to be in your car with you on this highway, the innermost influence with you. The last question I think that is, is really, really does some really good self-assessment is over time, have you found yourself being a different person around them than you normally would be? I mean, is your time with them pulling you away from who God called you to be at some level? Or is your time with them actually pulling you more into what Jesus looks like? Are they not just supporting your values or accepting him? Are they actually challenging you to adhere to your values? I mean, these are the kind of people. So if you answered yes to any of those questions about certain people in your life, they are a stranger and you need to drop them off. And that sounds harsh, but the truth is God loves them. You just can't handle them right now. Because God has put all these people, no matter who they are in your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And if you can ask yourself, God, is this person, you're asking God, is this person in my life for a reason, a season or a lifetime? He will make that clear because he wants to give you a rich and satisfying life. He doesn't want to have someone be able to, to turn that direction away from where he's calling you to be. And so if they're just in your life for a reason or a season and you get that answer from him, all of a sudden you're just like, okay, I know my role here. I know, I know their role in my life. They're not going to have the innermost circle of influence within my life. You can think of it this way too. You wouldn't loan your car out to someone who repeatedly trashes it. So why would you repeatedly loan yourself out to someone who trashes you? You wouldn't normally do that. So don't. You're worth more than that. Jesus says you're worth his precious blood, right? If they're a stranger, you need to drop them off. So we, we're not going to travel alone. We're not going to pick up strangers. Rule number three, we're going to choose a destination. And then I kind of put this in there too. We're going we're to borrow a map if we don't know how to get there. Everyone ends up somewhere in life, no matter what. They end up somewhere. Goals or no goals. Time goes by. It goes by. And if you have the health to live through your 20s or your 30s or et cetera, the goal is to end up somewhere on purpose. You want to end up somewhere on purpose. Now, just like there's multiple legs in a road trip, there's multiple seasons in life. There's multiple seasons of life. And it's important that when you're in that season of life, you define what your destination looks like, still within that season. And we've done this already in our childhood. Think about it. When you, go, when you first go into elementary school, what's the destination? to get to fifth grade and get to middle school, right? And when you're in middle school, back on the bottom again, you're like, oh man, I was just on top. And you work your way back up, but you want to get, end up getting to high school again. So you get to high school and so on and so forth. But I feel like we lose this, this whole um, pattern once we get into the workforce. The truth is there's seasons of life. There's a single season of life. That can be tough. It could be challenging. There's the married season and married before kids. That's a fun season. That's a good season. But when you have your first kid, it changes. Your season changes, right? And then your second kid, now it's man-to-man -man defense all of a sudden. <laughs> and then bless you, if you have more, it's zone defense. And it, the zones get, <laughs> zones get big, right? <laughs> but the seasons of life change. Maybe it's a single parent season for you. Maybe it's a loss of a loved one's season for you right now. Whatever that looks like, unemployment, like those are different seasons. And if in the midst of, in the middle of that season, if you can choose to what your destination looks like, then you're going to be able to see what direction you need to go to be able to get there. And it helps you focus in and not get pulled because no matter what, 
you're going to end up somewhere. So do you want your circumstances or your choices or, or, or the people in your life to determine your destination for you? No, God gives us the ability and the authority in our lives to partner with him to go somewhere he wants us to go. And if we can choose to what that destination looks like, we're gonna find and tap into that rich and satisfying life that he promises us. So as we get there, we need to understand that it's not just intentions that'll get us there, it's our actual direction. So we can't let, like wishing won't get you there. We can't let a wishbone grow where a backbone should be. We need to like, you need to stand up. We need to stand up and be like, that's where I'm going and nothing's gonna stop me. And you find where that direction is because you can do a lot of stuff with intentions. Like I can, I can drive north with the intention of getting to Mexico and I'm gonna drive. I'm like, you know what? And I can pray my way there. Jesus, thank you in advance for pina coladas. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for the sand on my toes and you're in Canada, right? <laughs> you can do stuff with intention, but intention, not direction, will get you to your destination. You gotta make sure that, or direction, not intention, will get you to your destination. What direction are you going? Make sure you're going in the right direction. And if you don't know what direction, borrow a map. Because chances are somebody else who knows Jesus and, and has similar values has already walked the road that you're on. I keep leaning back on the Tennysons because they've done so much for us, but they entered seasons before Robin and I did. They got married a few years before us. They, had their, they bought their first house before us. They had their first kid before us. So we were looking at their roadmap and the things they did and successes they had, we were like, we are going to do that as well. And mistakes they made, we're like, well, we won't do that then. <laughs> I will pray for you guys, right? Write that down, hun. We're not gonna, no, they didn't make many mistakes at all, but they had great advice along the way because they had similar values. Chances are that, and it could be someone, if you're just entering into an empty nester season, lean on someone who's already walked that road, who, who, is, who are, is in it right now. And as, as you walk that road, you'll be able to get on that right direction so that you can keep your destination in line. On this highway of life, we need to make sure that we're not traveling alone. We need to make sure that we're not picking up strangers we choose our destination, borrow a map if we need to. Rule number four, we're not gonna carry unnecessary baggage. Now I am, I, I love to overpack when it comes to like a road trip or something like that. I'm very prepared. That's just, and somehow my wife's bag is still heavier than mine, but I, I love to overprepare. I kind of live my life on, on trips that we take with the mentality of why would I bring four knives when we might need five, you know? <laughs> my son might lose his. I'm just kidding, I'm not giving my two-year-old a knife. Um, <laughs> But I love to overpack for an actual trip. But for life, it can really hold you back. Overpacking, carrying unnecessary baggage. Unnecessary baggage will weigh you down. And honestly, it's gonna weigh everyone else around you down as well. And most of the time, the source of this baggage, the source of the baggage is found in the unresolved issues, hurts, and hangups from our past. It's found in our rearview mirror. The, the, the baggage that we carry, the unnecessary baggage is found from that. So are you carrying any unnecessary baggage? We all have been hurt. We've all been betrayed. We've all been neglected. See, those things happen. That's a part of our story. I totally get that. But there's no reason for us to give a portion of our past a voice to define our future. I'm not gonna give my past a voice to define my future. I'm gonna give God that voice. Not just the things that happened to me, the hardships I've been through. Though they're part of your story, we need to make sure that if there's any unnecessary things we're carrying from those stories, we're leaving them behind. Because honestly, if you look at somebody else's life and you look at the friends closest to you, you wish they'd unpack it, right? You'd wish that if they had unnecessary baggage that they'd leave it behind. So we need to do that as well. Maybe some of you were forced to parent a parent at some level. You're, you feel like your childhood was stolen because you, even as a kid, you're, you're trying to parent them. Some of you have abuse in your past. You have neglect in your past. You've been betrayed by a relationship, a close friend, a family member, whatever that looks like. It can leave you angry, vulnerable, and honestly suspicious. It can leave us suspicious of relationships because of some of that stuff. And all that is, is anger and bitterness that gets rooted, rooted in our past and starts to try and define our future. We need to unpack that. We need to get rid of that. Paul speaks to this and he talks about uh, our anger and our bitterness and how we as Christians, he's speaking to Christians in Ephesians 4 and he says this, don't sin by letting anger control you. He goes on to say, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. We can't give space in our luggage to the enemy. We can't give space to him. 
Because this is what happens when we don't resolve some of that stuff. Like if we don't deal with our demons from the past, they go into the cellar of our soul and they just start lifting weights. And they get stronger and stronger and stronger. And even though the, the thing that happened in our past that hurt us, the thing that happened in our past that changed us, the further we get away from it, the stronger that anger and bitterness goes if we don't, if we don't resolve it. And then we, we lose source of the sight of it. And then we begin adopting this anger and this bitterness and as, as portions of who we are. And we, don't even, we can't even remember why. And this is why we have, the, we have the power and the authority that Jesus gives us to be able to forgive the people we need to forgive. Because he wants us to be free from that anger and that bitterness. Now, I know you could say, well, you don't even know what's in my past. And that's true, I don't. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know the trauma. And I don't think I could stand here and actually say, you need to forgive them if it hadn't been for what Paul wrote later in Ephesians 4. He says this, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted. This is how, this is how he says how, forgiving one another. And this is why we can say it, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Jesus forgave you while you were still sinning against him. And because he did that and he died for for all of that bad stuff and he he rose again, he gives us the power to be able to do that as well. And once you unpack that and you leave that behind, it's crazy through our spiritual warfare curriculum, like Pastor Joe talked about it on the video. Like I've watched people walk into the deliverance session, which is what happens after you take uh, spiritual warfare 1.0, you get get the chance to be able to come in and, and do a prayer session to unpack the baggage. That's the whole purpose behind it. I've seen people weighed so heavy down. They've been so weighed down. And they walk out so free. I mean, if you've been through deliverance, is it not the case? It's totally the case. So if you have unresolved baggage, sign up for spiritual warfare. You'll learn more about how the enemy works. And you'll learn more about all of the things that Jesus has done to be able to set you free in multiple areas. And your past, your future, and fears, all of this stuff. Spiritual warfare 1.0 is a great, great practical way to unpack that baggage. Last rule as we close is pay attention to the signs. Now, the road signs that we travel with, they're there for your uh, protection and direction. And some of us feel like those signs are for other people's protection and direction, not our own, right? That stop sign is really more for everybody else to watch out for me. And it's funny because you, you like roll through a stop sign and then like I'll do this, I'll roll through a stop sign and then like 10 minutes later, someone blows through one. I'm like, how could they put lives at risk like that? <laughs> Idiot! And I need to look at the idiot in the mirror more often is what I need to do, right? But the truth is God puts signs in our lives. And if we pay attention to them, because they're for protection and direction. So if you start getting off of where your destination looks like, there there are signs that will come in your life to be able to, to point you back in the right direction. Some examples of what a sign in your life could look like. If two people bring something to your attention, especially if they don't know each other, that that's about you, that's a sign. If two people in your life say, you may be an impatient in this area where they say that somehow. Or two people in your life say, you seem distant when there's a f- screen out or a phone out. If two people are bringing that to your attention, that's probably a sign that you need to pay attention to. Another one is if you see a pattern or behavior or certain habits forming in your life that, that are leading to a place that's unhealthy, that's a habit you need to cut off right now. If you're spending a little bit more time sleeping in or you're spending a little bit more time on Instagram or whatever that is, and that's a habit that's starting to form, that's starting to to bring you away from where God is calling you to be, cut it off now. Pay attention to that sign. The first part of Proverbs 27 says, a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. So you see the sign, then you take the precaution. You see the sign, you take the precaution. See, nothing improves with neglect. Nothing will. Now, the second half of Proverbs 27, 12 says this, the simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Are you going to go blindly on and get off that direction, away from that intention, that place where God wants you to be? Or are you going to pay attention to what that sign looks like? Have you ever heard yourself say, don't ever bring that up again? Or someone keeps asking you how you are, and you're like, I'm fine, 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 I'm fine. Those are probably signs in your life that there's, you're not fine. <laughs> is there someone in your car you can talk to? Is there, is there a come to Jesus moment you need to have with the Lord? 
As we wrap up, I want to look at these, these rules, these five rules, and it's funny. My, my father pretty much told me every single time when I was going out as high school, he said his own version of every one of these rules at some level. He said this, like for don't travel alone. He goes, who are you going with? And he had that look on his face, like, who are you going with? Like just suspicion, like, who are you going with? Don't travel alone, right? Don't pick up strangers. He's like, who else is going to be there? Who's going to be there? Who else will be there? Of course, he'll say, where are you going? Right, choose a destination. Where are you going? He'd always say, what are you bringing? Because of a firework incident that I had in my past. That's very valid. <laughs> very valid that he said that. What are you bringing? What, what, what's in your truck right now? And of course, pay attention to science. He'd say, make good choices. Make good choices, right? He still says that to me. He said that to me yesterday. Make good choices. Just like a good parent would ask these things of us, God wants to give each and every one of you a rich and satisfying life. And I promise you, if you follow these rules and you dig in with God on all of these, and then you dig in with the people that are in your car, you can help define what a win looks like in your life right now. You can help get direction. You might need to borrow a roadmap. You will set yourself up on a tra- trajectory that is God-given and by his power, by his grace, and by the strength that he's placed in you, you will get to greater places than you ever thought possible if you follow these rules. So if you'd stand with me, I just wanna, I just wanna pray and invite God into this, this portion of our lives this week. Jesus, thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you, God, for giving us relationship. Thank you, God, for for giving us people that we can travel life with. Thank you, God, for pointing out the strangers in our life. Jesus, I ask you right now to just open up our minds to what a destination looks like in this season of life. For those of us that are struggling, God, for those of us that are in a season of winning, for those of us that are in a season of loss, for those of us that are are just in a season where it's just hardship, God, I pray that you can give us a vision of what a destination looks like that has you in it. And Jesus, as we dig into you, God, I pray that you lay your hand a blessing on every single single person hearing this online and in the room right now. God, open our eyes to see that if life is a highway, man, you're on it with us. So thank you, God. I pray that you lay your hand a blessing on us. Let us be able to see you and hear you in new and powerful ways this week. In your heavenly name, amen. Amen. Guys, you're awesome. You're awesome. I hope you guys have a great week this week. For those of you online, thank you so much for tuning in. We love to hear from you. So type in where you're from. Uh, Connect with us by texting fellowship to 94,000. But we are super excited for what God's doing and gonna do in your life this week. And we will see you next week. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I'll ask you now to be my savior, to be my guide, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text heaven to 94,000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting prayer support to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text fellowship to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away you can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.